was in PA from, my, my dad went away when I was nine or 10, and I was there ever since, because that's where my mom was from. So I ended up going back, working at my buddy's pizza shop, shout out Joyo's, and I was uploading my high school diploma, which is over there with all my 1099 since I've graduated high school. And I was uploading that diploma as uh, a job resume on like different sites like Indeed. I got an automated email from an insurance company. I thought it was a scam. Because <laughs> I didn't know like what life insurance was. Or yeah. anything like that. And I was like, that's gotta be a scam. You know what I mean? Especially if they didn't like review legitimately my credentials, which is nothing, you right. know what I mean? I don't really even legitimately have like a high school education. So um, I got that automated email. I drove up to the office in Pittsburgh. There was Maseratis in the parking lot. I had cornrows and I was probably 145 pounds when I graduated high school. And um, man, I, I was just, I don't, I don't know, I was just kind of mesmerized, so. All right, man, welcome back to A Trading Perspectives. It's your host, Jalen. Got a special guest with me today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Tristan Alabic. Nice to meet you guys. Tristan, tell me what you do, bro. Oh, okay, cool. So I uh, run a life insurance company in Chicago. I've been in the insurance industry going on six years. Yep. What made you get into insurance, though? So getting into life insurance for me, it's actually like a, I wouldn't say weird story. I'll say like God story because I was at a like extreme low in my life. Uh, just graduated high school and I was two months out of high school. And I was actually trying to rebuild a relationship with my dad, who was probably a couple years, maybe one or two years out of jail. And so it just didn't work out. I'm praying, hoping that, you know, something will happen with my life. I knew yeah. I always wanted to be successful. And, uh, you know, I ended up moving back to PA. I was in PA from my, my dad went away when I was nine or 10 and I was there ever since because that's where my mom was from. So I ended up going back, working at my buddy's pizza shop, shout out Joyo's, and I was uploading my high school diploma, which is over there with all my 1099 since I've graduated high school. And I was uploading that diploma as uh, a job resume on like different sites like Indeed. I got an automated email from an insurance company. I thought it was a scam. Because <laughs> I didn't know like what life insurance was, or yeah. like, and I was like, "That's got to be a scam." You know what I mean? Especially if they didn't like review legitimately my credentials, which is nothing. Right. You know what I mean, I don't really even legitimately have like a high school education. So, um, I got that automated email. I drove up to the office in Pittsburgh. There was Maseratis in the parking lot. I had cornrows, and I was probably 145 <laughs> pounds when I graduated high school. And um, man, I, I was just—I don't, I don't know—I was just kind of mesmerized. So, and then come to find out, just getting into life insurance, aside from the culture and the expectations the individual has for their individual agency or brokerage, the only requisites, the prerequisites is a life insurance license, which is a couple hundred dollars and takes you a couple hours if you're like really working hard on it. Like when you first applied, though, was you, was you locked in? or you? Like oh yeah, bro. I, like my car insurance, I always tell everybody like, cause it's kind of nuts. Like my car insurance after the first year was like almost $1,200 a month. Cause I fell asleep behind the wheel so many times and I was just like running off the road or bumping into people. Cause I, I was not sleeping. Like I would just, I was working 24 seven. So like, what is your first year? Like looking at, look like doing, doing the insurance though. It was literally just life insurance, like trying to generate life insurance presentations, any means possible through the company that I was associated with and still am associated with. They have a lead provision system yeah. and those leads get distributed based off performance. And so I was just trying to, Leverage the leads to get as many presentations as possible. Network through my own network to get as many presentations as possible. And if I wasn't getting a presentation in, I was sleeping. You know what I mean? Or maybe getting a little workout in. Or Right. So 
kind of tell people like what is life insurance though because a lot of people don't know yeah. what that is a lot of people don't have it like yeah. people's families be dying kids yeah. be dying like there's no benefits so like, I, I always tell people it's not life insurance it's death insurance you know what I mean it's not the most pleasant insurance to talk about but then again there really isn't much insurance anybody enjoys talking about right. car insurance you know the phone insurance any type of insurances you have everybody always looks at it as a bill a liability and not truly especially when it comes to your life you know what i mean if you protect your car for a couple hundred dollars a month you protect your phone for fifty dollars a month and all these individual things and materialistic things we have protection over but then again at the at the end of the day what's the most important thing the thing that produces all those things and so the life insurance protects that which is the asset that's actually producing all of the abilities for you to even even own or dabble in liabilities and assets, whatever it might be. So right. life insurance is setting aside a couple dollars a day to make sure the individuals that you leave behind never have to worry. I like that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of time in a black community, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People talk about like the argument about whole life or regular yeah. insurance. Like yeah. what would you say we recommend? Like yeah, so there's does it depend on people's situation or do you feel like there's one that's better than the other? One that's going to pay out is the best, you know what I mean, at the yeah. end of the day. But, but to, to answer your question more technically and for the, for the individuals that are watching as well, everyone's going to have an opinion in regard to how you should invest into insurance. And I would just say your opinion is right, you know what I mean? Right. So if your opinion is you believe in having term, paying the least amount of premium possible, not building any type of cash value, uh, any type of equity in the policy, or having a guaranteed payout, just because you have a temporary problem, and if that's your opinion and your perspective and you're comfortable with that, then you should invest in term. If you believe you want just a guaranteed policy to pay out and you aren't looking to make it risk, you know, applied as well and apply risk to the policy, then, you know, get whole life, have a guaranteed payout, build a little bit of equity. And then the third opinion, I would think generally when it comes to life insurance is the variable products that are actually indexed in the market. And so based off market performance, these policies will fluctuate and people can show you projections of what they think you'll have. But then again, now you're applying risk into a security product. You know right. what I mean? So it's like, why apply insert or have inclusivity with some type of investment product that was only meant to invest into your family's financial future, not a living benefit. So... It really depends on the opinion you have, though. I just don't like when people uh, disguise different categories or investments of insurance and deliver them to people and not properly communicate that it's like, hey, if you're just looking for something to protect your family and and uh, make sure things just are in place whenever you pass away, then invest in life insurance in general. But when people start, you know, you'll hear the infinite banking and you can get rich off of owning a life insurance policy. Here's what I always ask everybody. If we could get so rich off owning the policy... Why are we all here selling it? Right. Why right. didn't we just get rich off the policy? Why that didn't make, I just get rich sense. off this great policy that I have secret knowledge and access to six years ago when I got into insurance? Yeah. Why didn't I just become a billionaire overnight? Like like some of the media, you'll see people portray like life insurance, infinite banking, get a policy and you'll be a millionaire and you can take out of the policy to invest back into the policy and you can avoid this and avoid that. And no taxes. It's like, well, this shit sounds really sweet. Why am I here peddling it all day? So you it's bullshit. I mean? huh? Yeah. So... I won't completely say a product like that is bullshit. I don't like when somebody wraps something in something that it's not. It's right. death insurance. And I feel like if we study history, the people that get rich from life insurance, even even in comparison to the ones that inherit legitimate policies, will still always be the guy selling it. Yeah, that's true. Or owning it. That's you know what true. I mean? It's that's like, true. I got a, I, I've made a lot of money, and it wasn't from the policy. Yeah. 
So let's talk about that though. You yes. started off insurance six years ago. Yes. You was working with a company. So how did you come about like, I'm gonna let y'all know, man, this guy's got a nice office. Like I'm looking like, man, it looks great. Yeah. So like, how did you get to here today? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I would say the first, first and always, and I'll always revert back to my faith, you know, and, and not, not even to like build it up cheesier. It's like, that's the corn, like, that's the thing to say, but it really truly is. You right. know what I mean, like I, I look back and I'm like, I have no idea how I got to where I'm at without referencing God. You know what I mean? So that's, that's first and foremost and last, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the period on everything as well. But I know in addition to that, it's the mentorship and God, like God led me to, you know, my partner, uh, Simon Arias. So that's my business partner now, but I started with his agency at 18 years old. And so having that, that mentor in a man that had finances, phenomenal relationship with his wife, just, just showing and displaying something that one, I never saw in the black community, the loyalty, the advancement in, in a legal manner, you know what I mean? In a legitimate manner. Um, and just full round, like everything, every aspect of this individual's life, we can dissect and be like, I trade places with him. And so that mentorship, taking it, executing, and then lastly, just not quitting. I think a lot of people, they'll dabble in really good things and then just give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you don't realize how far you've come <clears throat> until you take a moment to kind of reflect. And that's what I share with my guys all the time. I'm like, look how far you come. Imagine how far you can go. Yeah, like that's the that's the biggest thing. When you start something, everybody starts good them first two weeks, yeah. three weeks, that month, maybe the first six months. But yeah, when you struggle, you know what I'm saying? Like even start with me, like having a podcast, like it's months where you know, I'm doing three, four million views a month. Yeah. And then stuff drops seven hundred thousand a month, five hundred, yeah. you be like, damn, then my content drop off. But that's what it goes with everything. You gotta keep you know, being consistent, persistent in everything you do. I'm trying to get like you, man. No, no, I'm feel, trying to get like you. you know <laughs> I feel saying? like I got a pretty studio, but you got pretty views. You know what I mean? You know like, what I'm saying? But sometimes the views don't tell all the story. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of people that got good content, but it's like, you may not just be doing one or two things right, and yeah. then, but you could blow up. Yeah. Like, even me, like, I don't have the best setup. I'm, I'll be traveling in different places, but yeah. like, people like my content, you know, yeah. it's kind of controversial. So, yes. So, you know, you got an office. How many, you know, employees do you have now? Okay, so... I don't like to call them employees. I like to call everybody partners. Mm. I've been real weird about like I don't want anybody the right verbiage. Yes, the right the right verbiage, but also like genuinely. I genuinely mean that. You know what I mean? Like I'm I never I never speak down, and it's not like an excessive humility where I'm some simp either. You know what I mean? So but it's like I don't think employees is a bad word though. Yeah, well, everybody so, needs empl- look. Not everybody can be a business owner. Yes, no, I thought there, there's there's millionaire employees. Yes. So just because you're an employee doesn't mean you're not adding value to the company, you know yes. what I'm saying? So. I li- but I, I think the, the verbiage of, in the same context of what you provide, is those individuals are provided with a base. When somebody comes and works for me and my company, there's no base. Mm. You know what I mean? So I know it's eye for eye, whether what they produce is the same position I was in, and, and now being you know in a franchise ownership position where it's like, you're still there's still a 1099 contract. So it's like, I'm not, there. it's just like subcontract right, right. work. You know what I mean? So it's like, my... My employees, I wouldn't compare to the average employee because the only base that we provide is I provide leads, I provide office space, and then essentially, you know, consulting. It's like I'm I'm the one leading, developing, pouring into these individuals and spending years with with you know young men and women and helping them to hopefully have the life that I've been able to build for myself. So how do you handle that turnover though? Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the uncertainty of like, man, there is no base. Yeah. I'm very transparent, you know, upfront in, in regard to our hiring process. You know what I mean? If people know what they're signing up for, it's like you're going into entrepreneurship. You're going into entrepreneurship where you're going to be working for yourself 
and your paycheck directly corresponds to your output, your input, your internal development, and who you become as a man or woman in this life. And so just that, I feel like just proper communication, you know what I mean? That prevents any type of like ailments or like issues that don't need to essentially even ever originate in the business. Yeah. So was there some like learning curves you had to learn? Because even still, you might have these conversations, but I'm, I'm sure some people that'd be upset, like, yeah. you're not doing this or you're doing this for this person, not yeah. doing this for me. So like, how did you handle those things? Because six years ago, you was in cornrows, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so it's definitely been a, a massive growing scale in general. My, the most growth is, has not been in the money that I've made, but more so in the person I've become over the years and the pain, the trials, the people I've lost, the people that quit on me, you know, the people that, you know, I should have just done way better with, you know what I mean, on a relationship standpoint of view and a, a leadership standpoint of view. And so, you know, I think for me, it's it's just been, you know, taking those pains and actually using them to get better opposed to just allowing them to just transpire yeah. and not getting any value from being in the pain that I was in. Yeah. So, so. I mean, how old are you now? 24. 24. Yeah. What kind of money can you make in life insurance? So... Last year, gross was 1.1, I think. And the year before that, gross was 1.6. And this year, it should be closer to 2. Okay. So and so the last three years, since I was 22, my 1099s haven't been less than seven figures. My first year in insurance, I made 114. My second year was 145. And then my third year, so 21, I made 345. Man, that's some great money at 24. Yes. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, it's it's definitely been, it's definitely been a ride. It's definitely been tremendous in regard to where I've come from to where I am now. But there's a huge difference between I always tell everybody from a 1099 millionaire to a liquid millionaire. Like I'm still working towards liquid millions. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think the clarity is is uh, is good to provide as well, just for people watching that feeling like, man, 1099 is no tax. Yeah, you still yeah, no tax, no expenses. So it's like. You can do the math in regard to this is I have another suite like this. So this is just one. There's I have another one across the hall. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like there's that's a lot of money there. The leads that I buy, you know, that's a significant amount of money. Half the bonuses that uh, we pay out in regard to the bonus structure through yeah. Globe Life, American Income Life. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of money that goes out, man. It's it's damn near a million dollar business. So, but that isn't for everybody, like you said. You yeah. know what I mean, that's like if you decide. Like I feel like I made more money off my four hundred thousand than I did off my 1.6 or 1.1. 1. 1. Mm. And the reason being is I wasn't in ownership. I was just a regional manager. So that's that's the thing. Everybody wants a, a lot more money, but a lot more money doesn't mean you're actually taking that home. It's like that Biggie Smalls. Yeah, so how do you, like, you know, how do you handle that? Like, do you, yeah. like, do you ever think, like, is it worth it? Yeah, you know, I don't, I, it's never is it worth it. It's always, it's, it's, it is worth it. And more so questioning in regard to hopefully the individuals that I'm helping develop see the worth and value as well because i don't care ownership or brand new there's pain at every level yeah and i can remember being brand new and just wondering if i was going to be able to figure out how to even sell life insurance if this was um sustainable you know what i mean if this was just like people had to get in at the right time or have the right connections or right network and so to see it manifest and truly legitimately solidify into an actual career opportunity has has been, and not even opportunity for myself, a fulfilled a fulfilled career. You know, I, I tell people I retired at 21, so it's like um, to see that gives me a lot of confidence, just in general. 
man, that's a bold statement to say you were retired at 21. Like that has to be a good feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like, yeah, be- because after 21, after about three hard years in the insurance industry of like hard dog years of like lot, like lost a lot of sleep, lost a lot of like just just time in general, just sacrifice time, birthdays, even even like to like you know. W- you know, I'll share with people. It's like if you want an uncommon life, you have to be an uncommon person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You it's can't not be regular. Common. If you can, if you're trying to be regular, you're not going to be the you know yeah. that one percenter. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like everybody else. So yes. Let's transition to that. You know, how is your dating life? My like, dating life. Yeah. So I've only had. I feel like me personally, I've been uh, nuts. You know what I mean? Like you people always say, like the girls nuts. I feel like I'm kind of nuts. But I've only had like two serious relationships, and both were about two years. Okay. And and one was a year into being an in insurance. So I've been in insurance for six years, and probably two of those years I was in a relationship. So the last few years you've been single. Yeah, so almost uh, almost two years I think I've been single now. So how do you handle that, though? Like, yeah, when you have money, there's there's a different expectations, even with these females now, the climate nowadays. like. Uh, yeah, I'm a very transparent, like, I would say borderline and just weirdo of like I'm not playing none of them games. You know what I hey, mean? Like, you Julius from my, Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so like, yeah, bro. Like I see a lot of guys. They be saying like, girls want you. You gotta buy them a bag to go out on the dates. Like, you have those access to funds. So yeah. like, how do you keep yourself disciplined with that? Or like, what yeah, advice l- would you listen, give to other young oh, men? No, like, l- so listen. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I got two women I, I like to spoil right now. My mm. mom and sister. You know what I mean? So it's like, my my ideology and philosophy on spoiling a woman. Is probably more than the average. The right woman, my last girl, dang, dude. I mean, she had a Jaguar, mm. no, uh, Amex, mm. no job. You know what I mean? So I'm talking about like, I, like, okay, I'm so talking your like, traditional I'll, views. Yeah, like I'm a, I will the right girl that like I'm nuts about. You know what I mean? Like I'm, t- <laughs> okay. I'm, it's not even materialistic as well. I have values of not lusting for another woman. So like I'm praying over my eyes, and I mean that. You know what I mean? I'm not even like just because this sounds good. Yeah, like I'm like serious serious like i'm not dating like a little boy like i have intentions of marrying you right right off rip i feel like i'm the type of guy who's like hey you the one i'm gonna marry i agree with you you know what i mean i'm gonna marry you right now you only know me a week i'm gonna marry you right now you know what i mean i'm that's probably like my next case will be like yo you're the one i'm gonna marry you so So do you feel like your pool of women has changed based on yeah my standards increase always and it's not in direct correspondence to the finances because i look at finances this way remove Remove the dollar. Okay. The, the dollar was created. When when did the dollar even come into existence? Did did it come? 17, 18, 19. Who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. So it's like I can't tell you specifically when the dollar came into existence, but I can tell you if we were to go through our ancestry all the way back to a bartering time, where it's it's it, even prior to that, where like hunting and gathering was yeah. was a reflection of wealth. The man that got the best woman, the highest quality woman. Not not just off of beauty, but just virtue, value. The best all-around woman was the man that did what when it came to hunting and gathering? That hunted and gathered the most. That hunted and gathered the most. And so a reflection of currency today is just the man that can provide the most. And so I don't believe in gold diggers to an extent. I believe women are just traditionally expressing who they were biologically wired to do. They were they're, 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 they're developed, were developed for the woman to go find a provider and protector. So right. I'm a great provider right. and protector okay. for the right woman. But I do agree on a surface level, there are some women that are just like, oh, no, I just want provided for all the time. So it's it's discernment, too, and I think that's where faith and 
Jesus or my mom and sister. Like, my next girl got to interview my mom and sister. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like it. you'll see memes when it's like, if you have a good woman in your life, like a grandma or just a good, like, a good God-fearing woman, where she, you'll see memes where it's like, women can, like, t sniff out a bad woman. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I haven't been able to sniff out some crazy girls. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I would have had more of that, like, that discernment of someone be like, nah, dude, she's crazy. Just to bring in your business even in general. You know what I mean? Right. Like, who should you be bringing in, not bringing in? And, like, just, and, and I hate to just say, you know, I'm speaking for, as, a, as a man, but, like, even the dudes as well. Like, you know, having, like, hey, check his, like, not, like, not like on some weird like tarot cards or anything like that, but like his like energy. You know what I mean? Like, is that like yeah. a good person to bring in the circle? A lot more, a lot more families, businesses, wars were won from the same side than people realize. You know what I mean? Somebody's in your circle, listening to your thoughts and your words and your actions, and using it to build a weapon to destroy you. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think about where I'm at in life right now. It's just like some of the qualifications I look at is like. Some people would say, like, they they want loyalty and different things. I feel like those things, like, that comes with it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like me, I want somebody low-key, like, can comfort my mind. I can come home and talk to you about different things yeah. and, like, having those expectations like that. So, like, what were some of your qualifications you would want from a woman? I got my list on my phone. Let's hear it. Like, let's go. So this is my wife non-negotiable list, and I was actually inspired by – one of our top uh, female leaders in okay. our business, her name's Savannah, and she has a husband non-negotiable list. And I was like, I got to have one of these and start like manifesting and holding myself accountable to look for this type of woman. Number one is love Jesus. Number two is honesty. Number three, which now that I'm thinking about it, this this stuff I should take off because this should just be like a no-brainer. Honesty, loyalty, integrity, right. uh, vision. So I think that would be a little more in-depth. And what I mean by vision is, you know, my woman doesn't have to be a billionaire, but I'm not intimidated by my woman desiring to be a billionaire. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's okay. like, I don't care either way. You'll hear some man that's like, my girl got to stay home and can't make more money than me. It's like, I really could care less. Like, right. I, my, my ego's in check. Right. Where it's like, if she can out-hustle me, God bless her. You know what I mean? Like, I respect the game. So yeah. it's like, if she can out-hustle me, I ain't going to allow that to intimidate me from a God-fearing woman. You know what I mean? Mm. That would be a great mother. And so, supports my work fully. So one one another, it's like supports my schedule because yeah. like I be living at my work. You know what I mean? Like I'm 24 seven trying to be like go to a bill like soon, not like 70 years old. I'm talking like 40 sounds late. You know, so um, supports my work, my schedule fully. Knows how to cook. I feel like a lot of women like in our generation don't know how to cook no more. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. You know, I want to talk about that next. So I'm finish your yeah. list and we gonna okay. transition. I only got a couple more. This one's this one's nuts. Loves only my movies, so I really like in like action movies, okay. like old. Like for some reason, I'm not too happy in regard to what Hollywood's been doing lately. I feel like it's just gotten a little too soft. Okay, but uh, my movies number nine works out. You know, I, I again, she don't need a six pack or anything, but I would hope she would expect me to take care of myself forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I would expect the same for her. That's all. And uh, a homebody. I don't like going out. I'm not a like yo. Let's not go a to, clubber. I'm not a clubber. If I am backstage the best table let's talk to the boss i'm not coming to praise and make somebody money and some i'm here to we can network and connect network and i'll go purposes. backstage passes and hang out with lil wayne i'm not jumping around with the civilians right you know what i mean and praising and jumping at a yeah. little concert yeah that's true unless they come into my concert homebody and then number 11's reads so mental development so that's it a, a list of 11. i mean i like that list yeah you know what i'm saying i feel like that's a well-rounded woman but 
the problem I've been having is I feel like a lot of times women are expecting us men to provide financially and do yeah. different things. But like, are women? Do you feel like women nowadays are still doing what women are supposed to do in the traditional standpoint? No, there's there's no there's so there has to be an equal amount of reciprocity. And so my boy's been passionate about explaining this philosophy to me, and I've been receptive to at least listening. And he's like. The only reason a household starts to divide is a man is biologically wired to feel desired. We both are equally. Right. But a man in in more of a vain way of wanting to feel like a king in his home. And if he doesn't feel like a king in his home, he doesn't come home. And so feeling like a king in your home, uh, maybe your home is clean, yeah. organized, food prepared, and you're taken care of. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I've even heard women that I respect say it's like, I don't mind if the man says, like, he pays for everything, he takes care of everything. Uh, and I'll do my part of cook, clean, and everything like okay. that. But, like, if you're going to say you pay for everything, this is what, what you know, a woman said that I, that I really respect. She said, if you're going to claim you, you sugar daddy and you pay for everything, just make sure that's true. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do everything on my end. So it's like, I feel like, dudes, if you're claiming you're, the, you're him, but you're, you're, you know, having your girl Venmo you after dinner, half the nah, meal. That's wild. That's wild. You know what I mean? Then <laughs> yeah. it's like, then I wouldn't expect her to do home duties. You know what I mean? Like, if I, even if I was going like, unless it was like on a come up, you know what I mean? And you met your girl and you was either in a come up or a, a get back up. You know what I mean? Everybody talk about the come up stages. Nobody talk about the get back up stages. No, because if you're a real hustler, you're going to fall down. Exactly. So, but do you believe in prenups though? Where yes. are you at in your life? So is I a not, prenup a mandatory? Yeah. So it is not a mandatory, but I am I am like mentally wired. I think a little differently, and it's for because for me, like you know, one of my one of my uh, pictures on my vision board over there is a is a reflection text. My mom sent me a a screenshot or something of the food bank. So there was a point in our lives where we were so down. In, a, in the United States of America. So I always reference that because the world has way worse right. poverty than we do. So like I, American growing up poor, food bank, food stamps, lights off, water off sometimes, and just no food. And so for me, like the money has been really sweet and it's more so just a byproduct of my mental extreme focus. And like, I wouldn't call it insanity, but I have this infatuation with the rest of my life. I just want to create and, and produce and work and build and so I know the money will never be an issue. So it's like I feel like my faith and commitment to the to a, my future wife is going to be like I don't really need a prenup because this shit don't scare me. Take half, take more than half because I got mm. it before I'll get it again. Mm. And if you need it that bad and I was that bad, I was that bad to you. You had to take half. Then that's me. That's I that's up. a different mindset. All yeah. you know what I'm saying. But I, but that's like a dog. My, like I'm not stopping. You yeah. know what I mean. I'm gonna stop when God called me home. I like that. Yeah. But. Never in your fear of your, you know what I'm saying? Like, although you can get it back, it's never that that, that feeling like, dang, I worked so hard for this. For Maybe it's easier for me to say right now, too, because it's a couple mil coming in. Because you haven't been in there. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. you're in that situation, like, man, you bust your butt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. She might have taken care of you, cooked some meals, but like, man, you're in here slaving every day. Like, you're grinding. Yeah. You're losing sleep. And for like, for me to rip whatever you build right now, just half of it right now. Yeah. You know, I still, maybe it's easier for me to say where I'm saying it like so boldly. And almost arrogantly, but I still feel like the dog in me is like, man, am I that scared to go get it again? You know what I mean? And yeah. I really, I really love, I think I almost love more than fame and love more than, than uh, the money is legacy, bro. I love, like, my favorite movie is Troy. And I love that, like, we still talk about Greek mythology and these warriors and Hercules and Achilles and, 
these individuals that were just warriors that just looked at life differently of like, I'll go until I die. You know what I mean? Like you can kill me right here, right now. I'm ready to go for it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like as a young man watching that stuff, I think it indoctrinated me to where it's like, I'm ready to run this shit till we like, till I die, dude. So it's like, I, I think again, like, I don't know. I don't think I'll change. Okay. Like, I don't it's, know. It's, it's born in you. Do you feel like since you're, you came from like poverty and you didn't have the best lifestyle growing up, do you feel like that's what made you grind harder? Because yeah. a lot of people that, it, I, I heard this thing, like basically every millionaire, the, the millions of the family break every third cycle. Yeah. Like you pass down the millions to your kids. Yeah. If they don't do right with it, you know what I'm saying? Time their kids come, like yeah. there's no money left. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like yeah. They, they had nothing to work for, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So do you feel like since you didn't have it that's why you you go so hard now yeah i think that's definitely a a piece of it you know what i mean probably a massive piece of just like you know just just being exposed to wealth you know i think at a young age from having a a wealthier best friend growing up his pizza shop that i worked at he always had everything and even before my dad went away um being exposed to a lot of wealth you know, and so like and my mom went away, too. So it's like still being exposed to, you know, just different parts of my life. The seeds were planted where it's like this is what life could be like. Yeah. And so as I started to get and I think that's where like my mental pain, I was such an angry kid in high school. And I think a lot of that derived from the confliction of desiring to be wealthy yeah. and hating us for being so broke and so poor. Like I still remember being so humiliated. You know, when when I like started to consciously just recognize, you know, the food stamp card and, and like just being picked on for, you know, not having, you know, any like just much of anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Not being able to like afford to go to movies or like running out of gas and things like that. So it's like or not being able to eat lunch sometimes if the if the assisted lunch program like shuts off, you know what I mean? Shit like that. So it's like I remember, I remember those days, and I think like, damn, man, that's rough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, man. damn, like, yeah, that's bro. Rough. Like, I just remember, like, man, I just wanted it so bad. I, I would do, I would do anything to, to just get out. But like, for me, getting out was like a hundred grand. After that, like, psh, now it's like, which I know sounds nuts, but it's like everything else. Now I'm just playing, bro. That's why I feel like 21, I retired. You know, it's like whenever, once I got over that, you know, three hundred thousand dollar year mark, I was like, man, this, this is easy. Dude. <laughs> now it's just time to like play like can i like how many lives can we change impact what can we create what can we build what can we do to contribute to the legacy what's your goal number one in the world number one like richest man in the world but i want to do that through value you know what i mean so it's like building up just having having the most but you, you don't get there without you know product and service distribution so it's like selling the most life insurance in the world through a company and organization and paralleling that with social media you know, get get to a T. I don't know. So, you know, are there other business industries you're trying to get into? I think just putting all my money and time into social media and life insurance is pretty much the, you know, life plan. I think those two parallel, you know, so well. Social media parallels with anything right now. If you're yeah. not if you're not building on social media and taking shots and posting content, long yeah. form, short form, on you're as many out. flat platforms as possible. I went to the Jake Paul fight and I can't tell you, I bet I bet all the floor seats were filled with at least 50% were just like social media people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if they're like faking half the shit, the ticket was still $700 to travel there, still a couple bands stay there. It's like still a four or $5,000 trip. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like they can 
fake it and credit card it so much, but you, it costs money to fake it. So yeah, it's it still like does. when people say, oh, they're faking it or they're not making what they're really making, they still some, somehow the faking it has to get paid for. And it's like looking around and seeing all this money being made from social media and how well it just like, because everybody's like talking about like, like, you know, one of the fads is click funneling and drop shipping. It's like people don't realize that's just points of contact. That's yeah. just individuals filtrating through, you know, ads and things like that, where you can literally create your own digital billboard. You are your own digital billboard and you can create so much value through viewers and consistent viewers that your ad space could be an infinite. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it might like somebody like to get on to be an ad on Mr. Beast page. You know what I mean? It's like probably it's probably worth more than a Super Bowl, Definitely. you know, ad space. So it's like, he brings so many viewers. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, do you think? I look at YouTube as like more of a university, just college. Like, yeah, I don't. I didn't go to college. Yeah, I went for one semester. I was like, bro, this is not worth it. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about college? Yeah. So I, I'm uh, I'm in agreement with you. You know what I mean? So I don't support college for a majority of individuals because I just think it is a highly taxed and waste a, of money. You know, uh, an extreme amount of money for a party. You know what I mean? I don't People think, be like, "Oh, you're missing out on the experience." I'm yeah. like, "Bro, you know what I'm saying?" I feel like, like the most I ever spent at the club was fifteen thousand, and I feel like people are spending, you know, a hundred thousand to go to a club. You know what I mean? That's what college appears to me, yeah. especially because statistically speaking, there's studies that show the average shelf life of a bachelor's degree right now is about two to four years. Mm. So it's like you just went into $100,000 of debt, $50,000 of debt, or maybe your college was funded for and you had a scholarship, but four years is debt. M time you spend not making money is time you spent losing money. Yeah. However you want to cut it or look at it. So, you know, four years of debt that you never get back just for the next two to four years for your degree to do essentially be worthless. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like maybe you run into the next Mark Zuckerberg at college. So, you know, that could be lucky the, the you can't flip a coin and think yeah, you're gonna exactly. meet mark zuckerberg you know what i'm saying so yeah i kind of was just let's talk about your podcast though yeah so what is it called what are you really trying to aim for you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah so adversity kings is just a chill podcast that is like kind of nonchalant you know life story what you've been through what's yeah. going on what are your views on life right now just the you know the areas that you're passionate about and kind of more so also a space where just people that are pursuing success, a low-level individual that can't land like a, a Logan Paul, a Bradley, yeah. you know, a big podcast or get on, you know, the whatever, you know what I mean? A massive platform, kind of being the yes man to the people that are trying to like almost like shark tank their, their ideas yeah. and who they are and sell it out there, but nobody's giving them a shot. You know what I mean? Because I remember being the guy that nobody gave a shot to, and I was like, I felt like it was going to take years or forever. So it's like I want to help people get a shot quicker and almost start like, like, you know what I mean, almost looking to invest into these individuals that might have good ideas that are getting overlooked because they're in the seed stages. So right. kind of like it's almost like digital pitch decks where people like I'm bringing I'm bringing you on to like see if you're like maybe a, a next superstar that we could like, you know, partner up, or do something. Yeah, definitely. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of my idea with it. You know, I interview a lot of people too. It also like, you know, the new startups, people more successful, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you're one of the most successful people I've interviewed. You know, I said, I want to just say, give you your flowers. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You do a lot of good things and I'm just noticing, you know, sometimes you have to support people from the background. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying? When you reached out to me, I was like, man, let me check out his social media. I was like, man, this dude's doing great things. You know, yeah. like, you look young. Yeah. Doing the thing. Come and see in your office now. People, you know, in there working hard. Yeah. So, um, where can you see, like, your podcast? Like, where do you want it to be? Yeah, man. So, I just, I do it like this. I feel like I look at Mr. Beast, 
and I look at like Joe Rogan, I look at these individuals that have, you know, hundreds of millions of viewers, and I think to myself, if I go hard at this for the next 40 years, or even cut that in half, 20 years, by the time I'm, you know, 44 years old, can, could I at least be 10% of Mr. Beast? And that's $100 million. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I feel like, yeah, I could be 10% of Mr. Beast. I look at him and was like, this is some nerdy white I like dude. how you break it down to percentages. Like, yes. man, if 20 years, I can't be 10% of him? Yeah, bro. I'm like, and that's a that's a valuation of now. You know what I mean? Yeah. 20 years, his valuation might be a trillion dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, with the rate he's growing. So... You know, but but he started with zero subscribers. Like people don't people look Everybody at Mr. Does. Beast and like Michael Jordan say they just think they were born as Mr. Beast or born as Michael Jordan. There was a time that Michael Jordan was just a typical like Jason Smith, yeah. just another name, another nobody. Just putting that work in, bro. Yeah. So I mean, last thing I want to talk about, like, how do you deal with your slack? Do you ever slack? Yeah, yeah, definitely slack. You know what I mean? I feel like if you don't slack. If, if you admit that you're not slacking yeah. and your peak is right now, that's as good as it's ever going to get. Mm. Because so you have to look at you always have to say you're slacking because if you don't, then you're admitting this is as good as it'll ever get. So I'm massively slacking because I want to be a billion times farther than I am now. You know what I mean? So it's like it's immeasurable. I can't put a number on it. You know, it's there's there's just, a, you know, I, I hope I hope I can get a fraction done of what I really want to get done in this lifetime, you know, and that would be. A successful honorable life so I'm slacking you know what I mean and I'm open to uh, you know coaching and advice and from anybody any age any place any color like just it's like I, I want to at least hear it because I know I can learn what to do and what not to do you know a lot of people it's like a lot of people like these semi-famous people on social media just be like not responding and like just thinking they're like yeah the hottest shit in the good. world you know what I mean too like, good like I think about that too like sometimes I reach out to people I was like man you shit like me, you bleed like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody thinks these famous people, like their lifestyle is just so much different. Like it may be doing different things, but they're still human. You still yeah. had a mom, you still had a dad, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You still cry. Yeah. Like so I I like how you give everybody a shot. And like yeah. cause you never know. I, I, I look at some people like I interview them, they might not have any many followers. If they blow up, people are gonna look their name up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You never know. It, it always works in a favor. That connection you build, those favors yeah. you build. You know what I'm saying? Like thousand percent. I feel like I built a new new connection with you now. So yeah. like, if I got something in the future going on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll hit you. You know, yes. you never know how that flowers grow. You know what yes. I'm saying? So um I just wanna say thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yes. Thanks for letting me be in your studio. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So thank you, bro. I wanna say uh we're going to uh, drop this on the Trillion Perspectives. We're going to shout you out yes. on Adversity Kings. Yes. Where, where all can they find you? So, uh, Windy City Tristan is uh, where I post a lot of consistent content, and that is Instagram and TikTok, and then Adversity Kings on YouTube. That's the umbrella media company that we run, and that's about it. All right, Raw. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you again. Let's go. Peace.